you actually sound pretty loud, to be honest. Yeah, it's, this is like a $300 headset. It costs more than the microphones. <laughs> it's brilliant because you know how hard it is to find a Bluetooth headset that um, uh, is linked at the same time to your phone and to the PC? Man, I looked for ages. I spent money on things and wasted wasted money um, until I finally found one. Which brand's that one? It's called Plantronics. 300 bucks. It was about 300 bucks. I've had it for a couple of years now. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. I had a Sony pair, but they weren't quite, they weren't as good. I had to make sure that it, that it, you know, could sync both. So you basically can switch between them. Like it switches itself between, you know, you don't have to unplug one or, you know, or turn off the Bluetooth from one to go to the other one and things like that. So. So we're on uh, another episode of Chronicles and Mel, first thing that I want to talk about, it's an exciting day and you'll see my uh, virtual Zoom <laughs> wallpaper or background behind me. <laughs> we're all, we're all uh, Sevilla FC fans because they've beaten the most hated club in the world, <laughs> Inter of Milan, in the Europa League final last night. So uh, I just want to celebrate that fact. Bonega's delivery. Might drop here for Kunde. The overhead. Oh! Spectacular stuff. Diego Carlos, who didn't have the best of first halves, has redeemed himself and how with an acrobatic overhead kick. All that remains is the trophy left. Sevilla. Europa League champions for the sixth time. That's muchas gracias. Yes, muchas gracias to, to Sevilla. Don't want Inter Milan to have any success of, of any kind. Uh, they can they can uh, finish third and claim trophies that way, and that's about it. But uh, and uh, yeah, I just want to reiter- reiterate my hatred towards that club. Did you actually watch the game? Did you no, watch the game? I just watched the highlights. I was as if I was going to, you know, disturb my sleep to watch a shit club like Inter Milan. I'm sorry, no way. <laughs> actually, the Champions League ones. Was that that's on Sunday night? Isn't it? All right, Paris Saint Germain versus Bayern Munich. It's a hard one to pick. They both won their semi-finals three 0 That would be a game I'd I'd be more interested in watching the the full ninety minutes. Okay, yeah. But what have the bookies got her at? I don't know. No idea. I'm I'm probably leaning towards Bayern Munich, just on form. Well, PSG haven't been that bad. Yeah, no, PSG's in decent form as well. Yeah. Um, but look, Atalanta should have beaten them in the quarter. Is it quarterfinal? They copped two goals, two, pretty much two goals in the last three minutes to to be knocked out by PSG. So PSG got sort of lucky there. Yeah. At the end of the day, you make your own luck. You got to play for the full length of the match. You don't you don't stop at eighty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah in, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think Bayern Munich are probably slightly the favourite, but that's just just my opinion. I, I, I just yeah, I'm just curious to see what the bookies have got it at actually. So slightly hoping that uh, Bayern Munich wins it as well because one, I, lo- I don't mind German football, the German league. Uh, I don't think the French league is much chop. And I don't like Neymar, who plays for PSG. He's just full of himself. So I don't like it when full of <laughs> players that are full of themselves win trophies. So that annoys me. Yeah. He's, um, he's a good player, but you can't take it away from him. But uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, his diving antics and, and, his, and his 
fake crocodile tears and all that kind of stuff. I just can't stand that stuff. Be a man, grow up. Who's the uh, who else they got? Um, oh, Mbappe, are they the quality? Mbappe, yeah, brilliant player. Yeah, I'll give it to him. I don't mind him having some success. Verratti from uh, you know Verratti is their Italian player, midfield playmaker. I'm not sure if he's been playing or or if he's been injured or what. I haven't really been following. I've just been catching the odd highlights here and there. All right, plenty of things to talk about this week. So just some topics that I noted down, and if you want to, you know, put anything in. Uh, go ahead. But uh, firstly, there was that uh, supposedly racist cartoon in the Australian newspaper. Yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't see that, but you didn't see it. I sent it. No, to I tried. Yeah, but didn't. I saw it, but I didn't see the actual newspaper. Oh no, I don't. I don't, I don't get the newspaper, but I saw it online. Um, so, what did you think of that? Did you see the, the actual cartoon? Well, right now, I'll be honest, I'm a bit diverse with American politics. I think it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, it's a freak show. It's an absolute freak show. And um, like, I personally make my clear, well, I'm, not, I'm not really a fan of Joe Biden. <laughs> and I'm not saying, and I don't think Donald Trump's any better either. I'm thinking myself out of a country of 350 million people, surely you've got to have two amazing candidates there. Isn't that the, probably the saddest part out of, you know, 350 million people, the choices that they have, not just not just the choices of of Biden or Trump, but the choices of Democrat or Republic. They're both a joke, whichever way you look at it. Democrat or Republican, I should say. But yeah, but then narrow it down to Biden and Trump. I mean, oh, I would have been really two two numpties, mate. Two. Uh, which one's worse? <laughs> All right. I mean, put cards on the table. If if I was an American voter. I would vote for Trump over Biden. At least you know what you're going to get. With Biden, he's, he's going senile. Trump has also done a number of good things, right, that just haven't got a run in the media, right? Good, good things for um, black people and Hispanics and things like that, jobs and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but, you know, that just, you know, gets downplayed or, or not even mentioned in the media. He's his own worst enemy, Trump. He's an idiot. He's an, yeah, exactly. He shoots himself in the foot constantly. He's an absolute dickhead of a bloke. Uh, you know, the things that he's gone on about with this, you know, COVID 19 stuff and that hydroxychloroquine stuff that he was promoting just yeah. may as well just be conspiracy bullshit that he goes on about. And that's, this is the president of the United States of America talking the way he does. It's just so, so unpresidential. It's, at, at first, I thought it was funny, but you know, after almost four years, now it's now it's getting beyond a joke. Yeah, you can't let it go. Yeah, and who knows? Once he's got, once he gets a second term, and and he's got nothing to lose. If he gets a second term, if he's got if, a second if term, if he gets, of course, if he gets a second term, and he's got nothing to lose because you know he's not not going to be up for re-election after that. He, who knows? He might he might go a bit more rogue. That's that's the worry, right? And that's understandable. But who knows what you're going to get with Biden, you know, with his bullshit, woke, politically correct politics and identity politics game that he plays. It's just, I mean, the society over there is going down the drain at a rate of knots. Oh, man. It's, it's, Regardless of who wins, it's just going to keep going in that, in that trajectory. They're in almost in a lose-lose situation. Yeah, because lose, they're, they're in a lose-lose situation. I'm thinking to myself, even the Democrats, you had so many people to pick from and you pick him, you know, and I like how he comes across. And like, 
No, I'm, like Ben Shapiro is sometimes one of those guys that's got some comments that are good, some are bad, some don't agree with everything he says, right? But he turned around and said, he goes, Joe Biden's telling the DNC that he's going to fix race relations, he's going to do And then he turned around and goes, what have you done for the past 47 years when you've been in politics then? Yeah. You're VP for eight. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, he's a, he's a, um, he's a liar, Biden. You know what I mean? He's a racist person, if you ask me. And that that and that's what that cartoon in the Australian was pointing out. Okay, so for anyone who didn't see it, I've got it in front of me. It's it's a caricature of Joe Biden standing at a podium giving a speech, right? And this is in the context of he's just picked Kamala Harris to be his vice president, you know, running mate to be you know, potentially vice president in the campaign, and she is a a black woman. She's a Jamaican Indian. Jamaican Indian. So however you want to say it, black or brown woman, right? So it's, you know, people are accusing him of tokenism because basically she got she got 2% of the primary vote in the Democrat mm. prim- primaries. So mm. she's not, not a popular figure whatsoever. Mm. So to, so the, the, the criticism is that to pick her, well, who is she? She's an unknown. She's a nobody. She's been accused of having a very bad record in terms of, you know, policy and things like that. Um, yeah, but you know, I won't go too far into that, that stuff. But anyway, so Biden, tw- before this uh, cartoon, Biden made a tweet saying, you know, because he'd picked her to be his running mate, you know, tomorrow morning, young women you know, in America will be, and and he put in brackets, especially black and brown uh, young girls will be, you know, feeling like they can do anything type of thing. You know, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but that was the, the premise, right? But he specifically singled out black and brown, okay? So that's why he's being accused of, of racism. Oh, what about just women and, 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 young, and young girls in general having hope? Mm. Okay, and I, I can see that argument. So that's that's where the um, he's being called out for for picking her as to- tokenism, right? She's just a token, you know, person to run with him because it makes him look good. So the uh, the cartoon is saying, uh, you know, Joe Biden standing at the podium saying it's time to heal a nation divided by racism, uh, and then the next uh, image, Kamala Harris is standing next to him. So I'll hand over to this. Little brown girl while I go for a lie down, right? So basically, that's not the cartoon being racist. It's the cartoon saying Joe Biden is racist because he's playing mm. the card. He's playing mm. the race card, right, mm. to gain favour. Racism. Racism 101, isn't it? But, of course, big, big uh, hoo-ha has been made saying that Johannes Leake, uh, the, the cartoonist, is racist. And he's make and he's making a racist comment by this. No, he's calling out Joe Biden's racism and tokenism. But is, isn't it a cartoonist's job to use satire? And that's what it is. It's satire. A cartoonist's job is to call out issues, call out people being hi- hypocrites, like like this is, using satirical, you know, satirical cartoons. What's wrong with it? Why do people never? People, people understand the, con- the context, but they twist it. They turn it around and to point the finger of racism when 
they are the ones that are racist. Mm, interesting. Yes, uh, it's, it's all I know is a set that affairs in American politics. And uh, either way, four years, the next four years in America is going to be <laughs> one way or another. It's not going to be the best either way. And then you got, you see uh, Rose McGowan, she tweeted about Joe Biden. She's not really a fan of him. Yeah, the one the Me Too enough, movement. Because Rose, Rose McGowan was all about calling out people for, you know, sexual abuse and all that kind of stuff. Joe Biden's been accused. Twice, yeah. Two different women, yeah. Two two different women, is it? Okay. There's, an, so. there's another there's another um, hypocrisy on the part of uh, Kamala Harris, who could potentially be the vice president, right? Yeah. So she's on she's on record on video being asked, um, you know, what do you think of those accusations? This, this is way before she was, you know, picked as as his running mate. Yeah. You know, what do you think of the, these accusations by these women? And she said, she flat out said, I believe I believe these women. And you know, mm. Biden should have to answer. And then she goes and accepts the offer to be VP, the token running mate for vice president. Mm. Hypocrites all round. Because well, Rose McGowan, she, I mean, what and everyone say? was calling, and she was oh, with the tweet, and she, everyone was calling her out, like, "What are you saying that for? You should support him. He's better than the other guy." And that's the other thing, right? It's like you can't criticize Joe Biden without people assuming that you're supporting Trump. You know, just if you say something against one, it's automatically assumed that you support the other. Even if you say both are fucking idiots. Yeah, well, they, I said they both are. It's, it's just, it's so divided. It's, it's really, it's, it's ugly to, to see it and, you know, read all the stuff online. We'll find it. Well, I'd be interested to see what, what she actually said. Here you are. You are the season of darkness at Joe Biden DNC. You are a monster. You are frauds. You are the lie. And everyone's just gone out. That's fine. And just gone. That's that's a brilliant tweet because she's spot on. Um, and I just love that with people going to, um, you know, well, she was the lady of the Me Too mover. Yeah. Yeah. She's people are going to go after her. They just they're just you know showing themselves who they are, showing the world who they are. You know, and then she's gone off on a tweet. She goes, what have the Democrats done to solve anything? Help poor people? No. Help brown people? No. Help black people? No. Stop police brutality? No. Help single mothers? No. Help children? No. You've achieved nothing. Why do people vote Trump? Because of you, M- MFs. <laughs> so she's exactly. gone out on the because they Because they want to go against the grain, right? They want to go against the status quo. And that's the reason why he got elected and that's, if he gets uh, re-elected, it'll be the reason for his re-election. And it's just, she's exactly, she's 100% right, mate. You know, the Democrat Party, they, they carry on like they're all for the common man and bullshit. They're all bought off, right? What they accuse the Republican side of being, they are themselves just as much, if not more. Yeah, uh... Just as much, if not more. They they play on the identity. I don't know if you saw any of the um, what do they call it? The the DNC, the the Democratic or Democrat the National Convention. Convention. Yeah. What yeah. a what a joke these things are. Seriously, they they run for bloody. It seems like they go for two weeks. These things, and it's just a big talk fest. To you know, like how do you say it? Talking, talking, speak, talking to the choir. You know what I mean? Preaching yeah, to the yeah. choir. It's just such a nonsense. 
I don't know why they bother with it. And, you know, it's all, it's all about, you know, trying to pump up their tyres about how wonderful they are and what change they're going to make. What fucking change? Like you said, he's been there for, what, 47 years and he's mm. been a racist the whole bloody time. He, he had this uh, interview over Zoom, uh, however long ago, it was a few weeks back or a month or whatever it was, was back, with the host was a, was a black guy and I think this black guy was, was on the fence about who he's voting for. Right, he's conducting this interview with Biden, and he's Biden says to him, "If you're on the fence about whether about who to vote for between me or Trump, then you ain't black." He said those exact words, and you're going to tell me that mm. Joe Biden is not racist? That's about as racist as you can yeah. get. But they let him go. The mainstream media gave him a complete pass for that. Imagine if that was Biden, if that was Trump. Oh. If Trump oh, said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Uh, look, it's just yeah, that's why I'm like, don't get involved, don't look at it and read anything to do with American politics anymore. It's quite sad, really. That's uh, yes, you do. the most powerful nation. Yes, you do. Not as much like before. I was really into it before. It's, now I'm yeah, just, okay. It's, it's popcorn out time, right? Basically, yeah. that's all it is. You know, look. At the end of the day, we don't, we don't, we don't have a dog in the race, right? But it's just so interesting for me, being you know on the other side of the world and observing the way these clowns carry on. People complain, you know, and carry on about the way the politicians are over here. We got nothing. We've got nothing compared to this. I mean, you look nothing. at you look at this uh, pandemic stuff. Everyone's been pretty much swimming in the same direction. There's been the odd, you know. Word, word out of line here and there from opposition. But, but, besides that. Anastasia most, Palaszczuk. Mostly it's been everyone swimming in the same direction, eh? To an, ex, to an extent, they're going forward. Both with a, both sides of parliament, they're both going forward. You know, Over there, everything is politicised and it's just gloves are always off. Gloves are always off. Actually, speaking of that, the only thing I didn't like in politics here was Anastasia Palaszczuk the other day. Did you hear what she said? She goes, Queensland hospitals are for Queenslanders only. Yes, I'm that's like, right. hey. I, oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I said, I have a little green card in my wallet yeah, yeah. and I pay a levy on my tax. So 2% of my tax goes to yes. Medicare, which funds the hospitals. So just take it easy there. You manage the you manage those funds in, in the state of Queensland, yeah. but it's given to you by the federal government. So it's easy, does it? No, yeah, you are 100% right there. But Palaszczuk from Queensland and McGowan, everyone's been kissing McGowan's ass. McGowan and Palaszczuk have been so parochial for their own states rather than as, you know, everyone's, isn't the slogan, we're all in this together, but mm. it's so divided between states about you know, opening borders and, and all this kind of shit. They're all full of shit. South Australia, the Tasmania, there, another one. Oh, Dan, oh and then you got everyone, I stand with Dan. Still got me confused why you'd stand with him, but anyway. Look at Europe. In Europe, there's pretty much free travel, right? Mm. It's not that restricted, I don't think, anymore. No. They still got higher higher infection rates over there than Australia has ever had. Australia's completely Australian borders are completely shut. It's it doesn't make any sense. Considering the the relative size of the country, right? And it's we're talking about state borders, not national borders. <laughs> and you know, you and there's no travel in between. Come on. You're going to tell me that uh, it's with this, this, such a relatively low uh, infection rate over here 
compared to Europe, we can't have state borders open and it, and it can't be controlled, you know, even if it would mean that there would be a slight extra infection rate. Who knows? There might be. But to the extent of what Europe's had, is it worth shutting down, pretty much shutting down state economies? I don't think it has been. And it hasn't it been long enough for it, for it to be, you know, for it to be seen that 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 these measures aren't that needed. Mm. I don't know. Maybe there's more to it that I don't that I'm not um, considering. But it's just uh, interesting times ahead from a, an accountant's perspective. I see a lot of businesses, mate, and I can. My feeling is there's going to be some issues in the next six months, which people don't. Businesses closing the doors. I just think the like job keeper, job seeker. We're interested to see. That's what's just my vibe. So my my thing, I think I think it's gonna be a gonna be a lot of pain coming up because it's harder to get out of a rut. It's easy to slow the economy down, it's just hard to ramp it back up again. I think people probably also get used to it. Like they get a bit complacent, knowing that they've got that uh fallback plan of if then they don't they don't make you know, firstly if they're not working or if their businesses hasn't been making any money, they've got that fallback plan of, you know, they're still going to get, you know, at the end of the month, uh, you know, a few grand injection. So it's a mindset thing as well. A lot of people have deferred their mortgage, right? A lot of people have done that. A lot of people have pulled out super, 10, 10, 10 grand each, each financial year, and have actually just blown the money on crap as opposed to spending money on, or you actually need it for, like to survive or mortgage or something. Um, if you're unemployed, I mean, I've heard some some stories of people just spending the money on superchargers for cars, rims and tires, suspension, um, a dog. Someone when I heard bought a dog that was like a seven grand dog or something. A seven thousand dollar dog. Yeah, some <laughs> some stupid dog. I was like, not like some like expensively ridiculous dog breed. I'm like, that's ludicrous. You know what I mean? My opinion. That's not what it's there for. <laughs> the money's there for to survive. Don't you? Fair it? enough. But at the end of the day, you can't stop people spending whatever they want to spend. You know what I mean? Um, no, that, of course. But I don't think it's wise to rip out your super if you're going to spend it on a supercharger for your car. Australians have never been great at saving, have they? Well, generally, as a population, not really. No. Um, well, I had I had other people that decided they needed to pull the money out as a deposit for their house. Well, that's quite. Smart, okay. You know, well, that's, that's fair enough. You know, that's, at least that's something that uh, is an essential item. Exactly. So, so I don't see that as a a problem. But yeah, I don't think to buy a dog is a very wise move, personally, or to go spend the supercharger or suspension on your car is another good move. But who am I to say how people spend them? And that's how I look at it. And a lot of people pulled their super out, and that actually haven't. Haven't dropped twenty hours, or twenty percent of their of their um. You drop twenty percent of your working hours. So. It's be interesting to know that you know. Let's say you're forty years old, and you take ten grand out of your super. What that costs you at retirement age? You know what 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 the net future value of that is. Oh, I think I did a calculation. It was like I said, don't quote me on or whatever. It was like seventy grand or something. If you took it out for ten grand so now, like no, nah, for like thirty years or something thereabouts, we're well, saying it was, it was pretty. It was pretty impressed. Like, oh, wow, you know, it's a fair, it's a fair, fair chunk of money. Yeah, but you got to bear in mind if you're like, if you're in your twenties, you got 
but 10 grand and you compound thing and all the, like the growth on that, yep. you know, because the super funds have been actually doing not too bad. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely. So it's a lot yeah, of money. That, that would be definitely a last resort, pulling out your, your super. For sure. Like I said, but if you needed to survive, it's different. You know, I don't have a problem. Yeah. Because that's what it's there for. But I just like to see a lot of people spend it on stuff that really I don't think is essential. You know? And it's more of a need item as opposed to uh, a want item as opposed to a need item. They're not paying down their mortgage and they're not paying down. You know? But that's what they want to do. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, we've said it how many times before, but it's just that stuff like that just makes you realize how this is going to be affected, affect the economy for Ooh. probably decades to come. You'll have flow Absolutely. on Absolutely. Absolutely. And even, and this is not, in terms of, uh, in terms of pandemics, this is not the worst it can be, right? Right. This is not the big one. You know what I mean? The one that makes everyone drop dead in five minutes is what I'm talking about. Oh, you know? oh yeah, oh yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the type of pandemic you can get over. It's you not know? a bowler. Obviously, it's killed a lot of people around the world. I get that, but it's not like that. It hasn't. It's not as bad as it's been made out to be, in terms of numbers. Okay, and in terms of uh, how fast it kills you and stuff like that. Yeah, obviously, no, no medical expert, but I think there, there is potential for a pandemic virus to be far, far worse than COVID nineteen one. So, if that was to come about, could you imagine that? Oh, if you look at it like, if you look at it that way, like I know what you're trying to say, but yeah, is um, as times moved on, treatments got better, hence survival rates have gone better. You know, um, if it was a virus like, e.g., Ebola. Well, you don't have a lot of time to survive, a lot of time to fight it. So, what was Ebola about? I, 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 I can't remember, but so a pro, from what but I but it killed it you pretty, like pretty very quickly, a lot faster. Your mortality rate was a lot higher, but but it was harder to catch. From what I understand, was it was harder to transmit. It was harder to transmit. But if you did get it, your mortality rate was a lot higher as opposed. To so that's what I'm. That's what I'm. You know, trying to trying to imply with you know the big one type of thing in terms of a, a virus pandemic. If it was the you know kills you within a matter of you know a few days and highly contagious, imagine the panic first of all. Everything shut down like at the click of a, of your fingers for a long time, and all the uh, welfare that would be going out for such a long time as well. And then how long, how many years that one would take to recover from? That would be insane. The Ebola virus, according to the World Organization, has an average fatality case of around 50%. So half the people who get it are dead. Okay. And then also health effects of, you know, ongoing health effects for people that survive it. Case fatality rates have varied from 25 to 90% in past outbreaks. Jeez. So that's one virus you really don't want to get. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, from what I understand is that is that's a lot harder to to get contract it, yeah, contract is um, yeah than what supposedly well than what what COVID nineteen is, you know? But like obviously your survival rate for COVID nineteen and your fatality rate are completely. Yeah. Did you see any of that uh, pandemic 
documentary. Let's get on. Let's get no. on to talking about um, conspiracy stuff, right? There's, it's just building up more and more. I think all this conspiracy nut job bullshit going around. Oh, there's plenty of that. Oh, you haven't seen any of that pandemic? No, I haven't. I'll watch it. I'll get onto it. <sighs> Man, hard work. But if it's all, but if it's all rubbish, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't. Well, I, I don't know if it's rubbish because you know why. I tell you what. I tell you what. I started watching this documentary. Okay, had it on playing on a laptop while I was working the other day. I I couldn't pay attention to it. It was such hard work to pay attention, and I'll tell you why. The the tactics that they use in this documentary, the mysterious music, you know, it's like a you know do 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 that kind of bullshit. Right, and the the narrator with the really hushed voice, like this is so serious, you know. I just, how do you take that seriously, right? Because they're obviously using these tactics to get into your mindset that they are correct. Follow us, believe what what we're saying. Whereas that doesn't work with me, right? If you're going to present pres- present facts to me, do it without the effects. I just want to hear the words, see the see the stats. Right, stand in front of a fucking whiteboard and point to a diagram. Right, that's going to work better than showing me bullshit effects and and sound and sound and hushing your voice and stuff like this. Honestly, I had it playing. I think I got to about halfway. I couldn't tell you what I learnt or what I didn't learn, and I just went, "I'm done." Conspiracy bullshit, mate. You can't be taken seriously if that's the way you're playing it. So I, don't, I don't like these conspiracy theories about virus and they're doing this for those like, come oh, on. I read this article about the mindset of, um, you know, people that, that believe conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And look, I admit, there's a number, there's a, not a number, there's, a, there's the odd thing that, that I have my questions about. But I don't land on a, on, a, um, on a decision that, yes, this is definitely done because of, because of this or, you know, because of this conspiracy or whatever. I don't know. Some things, some things are worthy of being questioned, and I'm not talking about just pandemic stuff. Just you know, things in past history. However, the the general mindset of a conspiracy theorist, you've got to think, is like someone who is just a complete reject of society in some way. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of conspiracy theory, like, like the one about the vaccines. I'm not. I'm like, you got to have your vaccines. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me personally. Exactly. Like, and, and and as a doctor once said, he goes, "Have you ever seen a child with an iron lung? Well, there you go." That's what you have a vaccine for, yeah. you know. I was like, "Yeah, fair call," you know. And I, I you got to have a vaccine. Look, I've been a bit lazy. You haven't got my flu vaccine. Do you normally get a flu flu vaccine? Oh, not normally, but I have previously got one. I don't. But I'm I'm all for the the ones that you can control, like 100, like your measles, mumps, rubella. Oh, that's that's obvious obvious stuff, you know. It's like yeah, but you know when people say no, 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 they don't. They don't it's like, what's the matter with you people? Come on, you've eradicated a disease. Inbreds from Fremantle and Byron Bay, they're the ones that are the anti-vaxxer nutjobs. You've got these idiots like uh, the chef there, Pete. What's his, what's his face? Oh, your mate, your mate. The, the My Kitchen Rules. Pete Evans. Pete yeah, Evans. Pete Evans. You know, doing his bloody, you know, selfie videos on his Instagram and, and they put it on the, on the news and, oh, my God. I can't believe they give any of these people airtime. One thing that, I, that I'm interested in when it comes to these conspiracy nut jobs, right, and also, you know, things like this pandemic documentary is, is it right, should, should uh, online platforms like Facebook, YouTube, 
Twitter, Instagram, should they be censoring this stuff? Oh, I'm not, I'm against censoring anything personally. I believe in free speech. But in saying that, but um, but in a time like when it's something to do with public health, right? You've got to weigh up whether spreading false information in the hope of in the hope that that it's going to be kind of shouted down or debunked. There's that um, school of thought, or do you just try to smother it and and not not let it be out there so that it doesn't cause any any panic and damage? I pers- I personally believe in in free speech. I reckon um, we've got a mouth. You know, we're not in we're not in to to Mekistan or North Korea where you can't say anything. I think you should be able to, regardless of how stupid some things are, and let and the average person will probably work out that they're nut jobs. So ninety five percent of the population say they're a nut job. You're always going to have five percent of the population that is a nut job anyway. Yeah, so. And that's my point. Like, what's the damage that that five percent nut jobs can do? Yeah, but what? Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I, I think I think they're a growing percentage. That's the thing, uh, you know, because everyone's got access to it now. You know, for a number of years, it's, all this stuff's been at the, at your fingertips on the internet. I I don't believe anything should be censored because I, I don't agree with Twitter censoring. I don't agree with YouTube censoring. I don't agree with unless it's specifically about stuff that should be censored, e.g., stuff that is illegal. It, or inciting people to do something, you know, something, something illegal or damaging. Yeah, that's illegal. But that, that's illegal activity, right? Which we've got laws for to protect that. But what I'm saying, yeah. just because I've got a different opinion to me, I don't think I should be voiced to say no. I can't have that opinion. That's no different than what the mainstream media is doing in in America. You know, saying that my opinion's right and your opinion's wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. You look at the mainstream media; that's full of false stuff as well. Yeah, so so it's at the end of the day, um, I, I'm not a fan of all them. Like I said, if they're breaking the law, yeah, of course, then that's got to be censored. But you can't censor someone's thought process or their but mind. What it what it does is muddy the waters of information, so that the average person looking for information doesn't know whether how, how to make heads or tails of what information is correct and what information is false. That's the issue. That's the problem. And then if, 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 a, if a platform like Facebook or YouTube is going to censor stuff, well, who are the people that are deciding, who are the people behind these, these companies that are deciding what's correct and what's false? Who's the arbiter of it? That's, yes. It's a big dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, it's, of course it is. It's just a, it's it's a, a minefield out there, all this stuff. You know, and then you've got then you've got these amateur people like you know we talked about this hydroxychloroquine. That's just a, a a good example. People that are just so sure about you know that's the the big cure all for this for this virus, right? When it absolutely isn't, and hasn't been tested. But they 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 don't have the medical medical background or or training or education to even understand how medical trials are done. Then they're spruiking it as as the big cure all. A big problem, I think, is that the medical the medical industry or you know people people in um, medical professions are not explaining this stuff in layman's terms enough to the for the public. If someone is worried about they go to the you can't go buy hydroxychloroquine over the counter, so you have to go to a Doctor, 
And the doctor's going to say, no, you can't have it because this, this, and this. Hence, we have procedures and protocols in place already to prevent stuff like that happening. Right. So that's how I look at it as well. You know, that's what the pharmacist said. Well, you can't have that because you haven't got a prescri- prescription for it. So, well, the doctor's going to okay. say, no, so I'm not So there's a big hurdle there and that's fair enough. There's a big, there's a big hurdle. Even if I, because, because, because I can't, I can't go prescribe myself. I can't go to a doctor and say, I need hydroxychloroquine. Doctor said, no, you don't need it. What am I going to give it to you for? So, so we've got to hope in the system works, which I think here it does, you know? So it's just not like America where it's, it's full of, again, that's one thing I noticed when I went to America, which was so weird, was every second commercial is a drug commercial. Yeah. Pharmacy. And do you know who else is like that? Is New Zealand, apparently. I heard New Zealand's also got pharmaceutical commercials. I was like, why would you advertise? You shouldn't be able to self-diagnose. <laughs> Go, I, think, doctor, I, need I, to think, take I think in America, the hospitals are run by insurance companies. I don't know how it works. Something like that. that. Insurance companies have a big a big say in, in the medical industry, whereas, thank God, over here, it's not like that. Oh, they do to an extent, but not like that, you know. Not, not, not like in America. There's, a, there's an interesting doctor... Uh, he's got a YouTube channel. He's a, uh, I can't remember what type of doctor he is. Might be a surgeon of some sort. Uh, his name is, I uh, just started following him like, like a week ago. Zubin Damania, I think his name is. And he calls himself, on, on YouTube, he calls himself Z-Dog MD. So look him up. Really interesting videos all about this virus stuff. Um, hydroxychloroquine stuff about, you know, talking about how the trials work and how the research um, works and stuff like that in layman's terms, which is really good, right? So he's a perfect example of the of what medical professionals should be doing, more of what he's doing. Really spells out um, stuff for people that don't have a, a medical background and not just in, not, not just for this COVID stuff, but just in uh, medical stuff in general. He's really, yeah, he's really interesting. Um, social media censoring. Yeah, I'm not really sold on it, to be honest. I think everyone should have an opinion. I think they censor a lot of stuff that shouldn't be censored. Even look, even if you think that some stuff should be censored, I think that they, they censor too many things. Um, and I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what should and what shouldn't be. Like, okay, like, like if someone, they go, oh, if someone's spruiking a hate crime, well, that is illegal. So that it can be censored. That can be censored. So, But if someone says, I do not like... The um, Donald Trump, or uh, I don't like Joe Biden, they get censored. So, no, no, that's wrong. Okay. I don't like is one thing. But when you're putting out a documentary that the information is all about, you know, uh, they've created a pandemic, right? Plan. They've planned this um, pandemic on purpose, you know, so that everyone's going to get, get uh, vaccinated and Bill Gates is funding the World Health Organization and it's all a big plan. I don't know. I just don't have the stomach to hear all that bullshit. Why? Why is Bill Gates this uh, this big Doctor Evil? Uh, yeah, that's nothing. Like, what What's Bill Gates got to? What is his? What would he? What would he achieve by doing that? He could sit back on his resorts. Like it doesn't. It doesn't add up on a logical, in a, in a logical way. Yeah, but do you, but like you're answering your own questions there. That's illogical. What they're doing. All about you know this bloody these elites want to control everyone and microchip everyone, all this kind of stuff. It's like, it's a cool story and it's bloody interesting to, to watch, a, watch something about it or read about it. But then you, but then you just got to sit back and go, but what's the point? 
like what what to what advantage is it to to the to these people you know these so-called the the big they these elites whoever they are the only conspiracy theory i got like half a chance of believing is um jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself oh that okay <laughs> i think <laughs> what's obvious is obvious Okay. That is so obvious. He did not kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's obvious is pretty much always obvious. <laughs> I don't know if even that even makes sense, but you know what I mean? Uh, 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 but, uh, you know, to come up with all this, this, you know, this pandemic was planned and all this kind of stuff and it's, you know, to, to be tyrannical and, and microchip everyone and, uh, you know, mind control and blah, blah, blah. Right? God, it's such a minefield. Um. <sighs> You've got to have such a warped and at least a creative bloody mind to come up with that stuff. While we're talking about conspiracies, you know, 9-11 is a big one, all right, that, that you know, people claim is a conspiracy, an inside job, all this kind of stuff. Who the fuck knows? However, one thing that has always troubled me is the Building 7, right, which which you know, collapsed at free fall speed like a um, like a demolition. I just can't get my mind past like how does how does a building fall down but not stumble down? You know what I mean? How does it not like take its time in some way? It just goes plonk down. Like a like a controlled demolition. Now that doesn't mean that I know that that was a controlled demolition or I 100 percent have no doubts that that was a I just have just have questions like how the fuck does that happen? It was just it was just on it was just fires on some floors. No, the one question I do have is about nine eleven. Is if the plane did land in the Pentagon, where's the plane parts? Again, another one. Yeah, it's never. I just I've seen a lot of people ask that question. I've seen a lot of people ask that question, but I've never seen it answered definitively. That's, that annoys me. Even the um, that, that that one about the Pentagon there—that that's to me is a big one. Is that another one? Another one with with the plane crashes in in nine eleven is that the one that crashed into the field? Yeah, was it Pennsylvania or whatever it was? was that they made a movie about that one. Uh, I, think, that, I, don't know. I think they did something ninety three or flight ninety three. I think that was called. A lot of a lot of the the conspiracy stuff about conspiracy stuff about that one is that. There's a massive crater in the ground where the plane hit, but there's no uh, fuselage or no plane parts. Now I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen enough photos to know, but that's just something that you know, a conspiracy that I've seen online. I don't know. Again, I, I, there's got to be an answer to it. There's got to be an answer to it. I just haven't seen it. If that happens today, things the footage will be a lot different. There'd be everyone would have footage. You know what I mean? The one that makes me laugh is that even the uh, the ones that the planes that crashed into the two tower, the twin towers, that was a hologram. They weren't real planes and stuff like that. So, oh, come yeah. on! Yeah, no worries. No, well, yeah, come on. So where's the building gone? <laughs> or they were, or they were drones. They weren't the real, um, you know, airlines. They were they, the planes were swapped out. They weren't. Yeah, they didn't yeah, have. Yeah, tell, tell tell that to the poor people. Tell that to the poor families of the, they lost their, their life. Yeah, ones exactly right. Flight. So what? They 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 flew these planes off to some island somewhere, swapped the planes, killed all the people, buried them, and then flew drones into the into the twin tower. Uh, just yeah, it's too far fetched. It's ridiculous. 
That's like the, the other moon landing one. That's another good conspiracy no, I can't theory. Even, no, I can't even start with that. That's just insane. Yeah, someone actually said, they actually worked out, they said for that to be a conspiracy theory, they need 400,000 people to make that happen, right? Now you think about it. Now you're telling me that in 1969, 400,000 people will keep their mouth shut? <laughs> There's a video online of um, some guy coming up to Buzz Aldrin who was, I think, was he the second astronaut? To yeah, second, second, yeah. Right, after Armstrong. Coming up to him, and Aldrin, I think, is in his 80s or something like that, and accusing him of this conspiracy that they never really landed on the moon, and Aldrin just punches him in the mouth. Doesn't even respond, <laughs> just, just whacks him in the mouth, and this guy just goes plonk. And it's hilarious watching this old yeah. guy deck this young guy. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 another conspiracy. I was like, yeah, that, that one there, that rubbish, yeah, rubbish. Yeah, I mean, look, even 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 conspiracies about nine eleven. Okay, uh, it's just how how could that stay hush hush if if that yeah. was an inside job? I don't know, but because um, I mentioned Building Seven, and probably most of the people listening to this will wonder what the fuck is Building Seven. It's actually the third building that fell that day. That probably no one's even heard about. It was that because the buildings fell at what, about 9 a.m. roughly New York time? This this one fell at about 5 p.m. that day. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. It was damaged by the, the two uh, twin towers that fell, caught on fire. Um, the, I don't think it was like a massive fire though, um, but, you know, multiple floors were, were on fire and eventually it fell. And But the thing is it came crumbling down like at free fall speed, like a controlled demolition would. So for a building to fall at free fall speed, all its supports need to be at the same time um, cut away or blown away like they would do in a controlled demolition. That's why a lot of people think that that building seven, which is the size of if you uh, in Perth, I think would be the like equivalent to the height of, of our biggest skyscraper here, which is, is that the RNI Tower? What do they call it? Central Park. Central Park, South 32, yeah. It's pretty much equivalent to that height. And uh, I think, what, the Twin Towers were probably three times that height, something like that? No, twice, twice that height. Twice that height. There are 100 stories, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, the, so that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. That If a, if a building's going to fall, okay, but why would it fall at free fall speed and not collapse its way down? Also, the same could be said about the actual two, the twin towers that fell. They both fell at free fall speed. And then you've got the fuel, all right? You've got, you've got the jet fuel that was on fire that, that melted the supports apparently. So I'm not going to go down the um, rabbit hole with that one, okay, because that could, could be possible even though some people say it's not, right? However, the Building 7 is the, is the one that just frustrates me in my mind because that didn't have the, 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 the burning fuel. <laughs> there's got to be an answer to it, all right? There's there's probably an answer to it that I just don't know, but it's just an annoying one for me. Always has been. The most famous face of the guys, the terrorists that actually blew up the building. One of those guys' name was Muhammad Atta. Right? Anyway, they they found his passport on the floor. And I'm like, how could how could you find the plane that blew up when it landed there? How could you find perfectly find a passport on the floor? Come on, seriously. I mean, that, that, that would be absolutely ridiculous and I would even say 100% impossible. But is that real? Did that, did that really happen? 
or are people making that story up? That's that that would be my question there. Was that just made up to try and to try and make it look like it was a conspiracy? As you know, one of the one percenters to try and make it look like a conspiracy. I don't know. I don't know if that really did happen. It wouldn't surprise me if that didn't actually happen. Yeah. So there's an organisation. Well, there probably has been since since uh, since it happened. An organisation called uh, Ar- Architects. Oh yeah, I saw that. What are they called? Ar- engineers, architects, arch architects, and engineers. Hang on, it'll come to me. Ar- that's it. Architects and engineers for nine eleven truth. I think that's what they're called. All right. And apparently they've they've got all this evidence and they've presented reports and all kinds of stuff about how it has to be um, a, a conspiracy. It couldn't possibly have happened the way the official story is and you know the way the way we saw it type of thing. However, however, since especially since you know you've got these people like um, these doctors that have come out like a few weeks ago, American frontline doctors they call themselves, going on and on about this hydroxychloroquine stuff. That's actually bullshit, right? Makes me wonder, are these so-called experts that come out and they form these organisations, you know, trying to disprove and debunk, you know, official stories, are they just, you know, are these nut jobs just everywhere? Uh, I think the world's full of nut jobs. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to know what the hell to believe when when there's so much, uh, you know, anyone can put information out there these days. Oh, that that, that one. Where are we going? Where are we going with all this? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It's time to actually switch, just change subject for a second. Did you watch the MotoGP the other night? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I, I know what you're referring to and I have seen the, uh, the incident. Oh, my God. My God. Wow. How, if that's, that's not a sign. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I think that it's a sign for Valentino Rossi to say, all right, I'm 40 years old. I've won, what's he won, nine? Nine, nine champions. That'll do it. I'm not going to win another one because there's guys half my age going much faster than me now. I'm happy to sit back and, uh, you know, do something else with my life. Surely. If that doesn't make you do that, that, you know, a bike, fly, two not bikes. Not once, but twice. twice. Two bikes. Twice. So basically he was he was just happened to be in between two bikes that flew at him at 300 kilometres an hour. Mm. Have you seen the footage from missed his helmet? Yeah, missed him by millimetres. Have you seen the footage from his helmet? It's like how fast it actually was. Yeah, it's like it was. It was it's like like milliseconds. Oh, so you couldn't. No. There's no way you could react to it. Oh just, my just, god! Just think about that. If that was you, right? And I know these guys pretty much put their life on the line every lap they do, right? Because anything could potentially happens on on those machines. But if that was you and you had that experience, and like, if you had have been going. A kilometre an hour faster or a kilometre an hour slower, you would have been dead. No two ways about it, you'd be dead. 100%. Everything just lined up correctly with that crash that he actually happened to be in between those two bikes flying at him. Mate, it's incredible. There's too much luck there. And that that's if that hasn't used up all your luck, God, mate, I'd be like... I don't know. Do I even finish off the season or do I just hang it up right here? <laughs> I would have wrapped it up. That was me. Then after this, this that's like when Senna, right. do you remember that story about Senna when when Ralph Ratzenberger died? 
Ratzenberger, he was was he the one that died the day before? The day before or the or the practice? No, no. Uh, uh, what's his name? Had the accident in practice. That was um, uh, Barrichello. Had a big Barrichello. Yes, but Barrichello he, had the accident he walked practice. away. He was, you know, walked sore, away, but he was all right. Yeah, he was shaken. Then Ratzenberger died. Ratzenberger That's died right. uh, in qualifying the, side, the day before the race. Qualifying, wasn't it? qualifying. Yeah, yeah. And um, because yeah. I think it's on that documentary Senna or whatever. Yeah. Um. He looked like he was the most concerned one of all the drivers. Yeah, that's what he was. And then um, he he actually got in a car and drove out to the to the accident, didn't he? Senna did. And um, what's what they say about? And then the doctor, Senna's doctor, said, "Um, uh, Ed, what are we doing this for? Look at life's too short." That's right, because he was very close with the F1 doctor. Yeah, let's retire and let's go fishing. Yep. And then the next day, next day. That still, I still remember seeing the. Um, I can still picture the helicopter. I don't need to see it on on, you know, on a video. I can still picture the the helicopter flying off from the track to go to the hospital with Senna in it. You know, that's um, that's that's what stays in my mind of from Senna's from Senna's crash. The helicopter flying away, flying over the the kind of the forest. Oh mate, what a yeah, what a, and speaking of which, like, um, you know, if we talk about Formula One now, you know, like Lewis Hamilton probably go down as one of the greatest drivers of all time because of what he's done. But mate, you can't put him in the same category as Ed Zeman. Exactly. You, <laughs> look, uh, struggle to even mention his name in the same sentence, mate. To be honest, I mean, that, that's just another level. And if, of, and if of, he's um, honest with himself, he would as well. I think yeah, for that he probably will be, but. Yeah, Senna was just probably the best of the best of the best. You know, you're looking back. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he won as much as he should have, or could have, in terms of championships. But in terms of a driver, you know, and and not not being someone who knows every detail and in and out of Formula One or motorsport, obviously. But for me, for me, Senna was you know the best. Better than you know above Schumacher, and I'm sure Schumacher has even said it in the past that that Senna was greater than he was. Yeah, um, oh, mate, Senna was something else. Mm. But even though you look at uh, where was it? Senna was that race in the wet where he started from the back, and by the end of the first Donington. or second lap, he was a yeah, Donington. incredible. Yeah, hate that is pure driving, mate. You know, and he still had a stick shift then, not like now where it's on the paddle. You know, it was the old. <laughs> Completely different sort of racing, and the beast of a motor was just a completely different beast. Beast of a car, suspension, and everything was just completely different. Was at you the know? end of the first lap, he you go from the back to to first, yeah, in one. Well, it was just something incredible, in, like, less, in less than a lap, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's just incredible, and just shows what 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 guts he had and how how well he knew the car mm. to make it perform in the wet. So much better than than everyone else could make their their cars perform in the wet. Oh, he's yeah, you know, and I reckon it was amazing. You know, if we look at the you know, greatest Formula One drivers, he's by far. I mean, Prost was good too, no, no question about that. And obviously, Schumacher and Hamilton will go down as one of the greatest too. Not going to take it away from him. He will, but he's just he's just got a different car, you know. 
Yeah, but statistics, you've got to bear in mind, in 50 years' time, they're not going to look and say, oh, his car was so much better. They're going to say, Lewis Hamilton, six, oh, six-time world champion, um, most podiums, most most champ, most wins. That's yeah. what they're going to see. With Formula 1, I would just love, wouldn't it be brilliant, is like put everyone in, in Hamilton's car. So we clone that car across the board. I mean, I'm talking fanciful here, but... I would just – that would be a, a dream race for me. Show me who's the best driver. The thing about Formula 1 this season, if you look at the mid-pack, like from third to even towards the end, it's great racing. Like between like yeah. McLaren's there, Ferrari's there, Renault's there, you know, Alfa Torre's there. They're, they're, all, they're all there. It's all within – but it's just Mercedes racing point. Mercedes is Mercedes so is 20 ahead. seconds ahead at, the, at a minimum of everyone else. Verstappen is probably you – know, I'll tell you what, he's, 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 really, he's really impressing me as a driver by Verstappen, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting better. He's getting better. He's actually like a – like before, I reckon he used to be really hard on the car. Now, I reckon he's actually like you – know, he's learning. Yeah, that, that's, it comes with maturity. So, you know, he's obviously maturing hopefully as a person and, and, and obviously as a driver. So I think he's a, definitely a potential future world champion. Something his dad couldn't do. How long can, can Mercedes keep this up, though? Well, obviously, next, the thing changed with 2022 now. It was supposed to be 2021, but that's been pushed back now. So it's 2022. The whole dynamics of the car, earrings. You just see the change, the um, huge amount of changes going on. I haven't looked into it, but is this is this specifically to try and curtail or close the gap between the top and, and the yeah. rest? That's, a, that's another issue with, they got with, with Ferrari and all that as well because they reckon the costs associated with obviously running the team. And Ferrari's costs are massive, and they're trying to cap how much they spend on the team. And Ferrari's going, well, if we're going to do that, well, it's not profitable to be in Formula One. It's actually going to cost us money. So there was talk about Ferrari expanding Look, there. Formula One may as well close down if Ferrari's not in it. Or to an extent. A third, of, a third of Formula One fans are probably Ferrari fans, aren't they? Yeah, but that was, yeah well, it's a good chunk of it. But they were saying um, Ferrari was looking at expanding its it's a uh, like motorsport department to maybe look at doing IndyCar and stuff like that. Yeah, to make it viable, to make it actually economically viable. Because that's saying if we're going to spend all this money on development and stuff like that, put a bike in MotoGP. <laughs> no, I don't think Ducati. Uh, no, I don't yeah, they wouldn't like that, of course. As much as and speaking of AFL, last week, Fremantle versus Carlton. Man, no, that was a bit harsh. And as much as I don't like Fremantle, that was that was definitely. That's a bit harsh, <laughs> but like, if you're an independent person, like you look at it as a as a football purist, you go, "Really? Was that what was that?" I'm I'm trying to work out what actually happened. Well, what happened was, uh, look, uh, the 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 kick that went out of bounds. Uh, Brayshaw came in late on him after his after the ball had gone. He came and clattered into him, which can be technically a free kick. Sometimes given, sometimes not, right? This time gave the free kick, but the ball down the ground gave the, gave, I suppose you would call it a, like a relayed free kick. I think they call it, right? But the ball went out on the full. So it probably shouldn't have been relayed. It should have, the free kick should have been from where the, the guy kicked it, the Carlton player kicked it from. Okay. The fact that they relayed the free kick to the point more or less where the ball, Cross the boundary line, that put it in goal range. Okay, 
There's error number one. Second error was that it, the free kick, when it is an out of bounds on the full, should go to the player that is closest to the ball. Right? That player should be taking the kick. They switched. The player that was closest to the ball was not the one who took the kick. They got they got in their their best kick, their best kicker. Right? So it's a it was a comedy of errors. If you're an AFL purist, that's disgraceful. Or the, the umpires should be stood down for a week or two. Yeah, it's pretty bad. If this was a, you know, equiv- I don't know what the equivalent type of uh, umpiring or refereeing error would be in soccer, but if that was a, you know, a type of blunder, you know, one after the other that a referee did at the World Cup, they would be sent home. They wouldn't be refereeing any more games because that's too unforgivable. It, co- it literally cost the team a game. Mm. Oh, it did. Well, just like uh, last night, last night in the uh, Europa League final, Sevilla against Inter, uh, I think after about five minutes, Inter got a penalty and the player uh, chopped down the striker inside the penalty box, probably technically was the last line of defence. So technically should be a red card. And he got a yellow card. Because it was so early in the game, he got away with it, right? If that had happened probably in the 80th minute, probably would have got the red card. But the referees always conditioned by the context of the game. Not always, but pretty often. Referees in any sport are conditioned by the context of the game. It shouldn't be that way, right? And let's go back to another incident in terms of the context of the game, the position on the field, right? Obviously, the one I'm talking about is 2006 Italy versus Australia. Lucas Neal trip on uh, on Grosso, right? So if that was in the 50th minute on the halfway line, that incident, that would have been given as a free kick and no one ever would have batted an eyelid at it. But because it's the last 20 seconds of the match, inside the penalty box, the context is changed. I thought you were going to talk about Dom Sheet in 2018. Well, there's another one we could bring up. <laughs> Sometimes that's given, uh, you know. The, there's a blocking yeah, from Willy Rioli there. But there's two ways of looking at that incident there, right? Because you could say that the Collingwood player ran into, um, it was Liam Ryan, wasn't it? No, it was Willy Rioli. Willy Rioli, okay, sorry. Um, that's right, because Ryan took the mark and sent it up to, to Sheet. There's two ways of looking at it. You could say that that should have been a free kick for the Eagles because the Collingwood player ran into uh, Willy Rioli's path. There's, there's two arguments there. Victorians are always going to say that that was a, uh, should have been a blocking free kick. For no, Collingwood, no Coll- Collingwood supporters will say it should have been a quick. Victorians. Mel, don't. No, don't no. You listen to the commentators? When Victorians say, Victorians are worse than any other state when it comes to parochialism in footy. Do you know any, um, ask my, my brother, my brother was there, he goes, even though, no, who was telling me, someone was there, they had the ABC attitude. He goes, what's that? He goes, anyone but Collingwood. Victorian. Yeah. Well, not the, not the commentators. Well, Carlton supporters, Richmond supporters. And so they I should. Hate them. So, so they should go against it. It's just like, it's just like you're a Juventus fan, right? Your biggest rival as a Juventus fan is Inter Milan. So, of course, you don't want Inter Milan to win the Europa League last night, do you? 
You want them to lose. I, I, I hate Inter Milan as well. I wanted them to lose. They're the only. They're probably the only team, Italian team, that I would want to lose a uh, a European soccer final. Even Lazio. Probably would want Lazio to win it. If, for, because look at the difference between Inter and Lazio, right? Inter represent nothing of it, oh, nothing Italian, in my opinion, right? Constant whinges. They were the most corrupt during the uh, Calciopoli scandal, the most corrupt. But all the decision makers in that process were all Inter people, right? The wiretaps from uh, phone, phone recordings, right? through uh, Telecom Italia. The Telecom Italia uh, CEO or whatever he was, was an ex-Inter director, okay? So he withheld all these wiretaps that would have implicated Inter in it, all right? There's so much bullshit. You want to talk about conspiracies? That was really they conspired to favour Inter and, uh, you know, and, and against Juventus and Milan and, and every other team that copped it, right? That was a conspiracy. An absolute disgrace. All right, and I say that as a Roma fan, who uh, you know my team had absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay, so I'm neutral in that in that regard. This is a big reason why I hate Inter. Also, because they were the first club to go 100% foreign in terms of only having foreign players in the team and not Italian players in the team, and I just hate that. Now it's 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 as common as anything, but that's Europe. Yeah, that's Europe. Yeah. So to me, they represent nothing Italian. The 2004-2005 championship that was revoked from Juventus, who who actually won it, right? Inter finished third. So it was Juventus, Milan, then Inter that year in in the final standings. Inter was 14 points behind Juventus, right? They revoked it from, from Juventus. Milan copped the penalty, so they didn't get the, uh, the Scudetto. Inter were the supposedly clean club, even though they were the, mo- the biggest defender. They got handed the, the Scudetto that year, right? And they, they claim it. If that was my club and they claimed that after being third and 14 point, points, points behind the leader, I would be embarrassed. So, sorry, that club is, is forever, uh, yeah, leaves a bad taste in my, in my mouth. Can't stand them. So I will celebrate any time they lose. That's for sure. That's my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I know I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about hating Inter Milan. But you mentioned would I support Lazio as a Roma fan? Would I support Lazio in in a in a European final? Look, at the end of the day, I'm not. I don't live in Rome. Okay, so I don't live the derby atmosphere. Right. I don't like Lazio as a club but I don't hate them the same that I hate Inter because I actually hate Inter, all right? If they got relegated and, and the club just completely folded and didn't, didn't exist anymore, Inter we're talking about, I would be, mate, I'd, I'd do a moonwalk. It'd, mate, I'd dance a jig. It'd be fantastic. Whereas I don't, live, I don't live the Rome Derby atmosphere in terms of, you know, I, I don't live in Rome. So obviously as a, as a Roma fan, I don't like Lazio and I want to win the Derby every time. But if it's good for Italian football that they would win the Champions League or the, or the Europa League, then yeah, I'd probably support them. It, it would also depend on the context, right? Uh, have they been pissing me off lately? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and who they're playing against, right? Yeah. So I don't know. If they were playing against, um, oh, I don't know, what's a, what's a European club that I like? 
Um, you can't say Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona at the moment uh, are a joke. And Barcelona, <laughs> they've won enough in the past that they don't need to, to, to win for a while. Who are you? Um, Bochum. Okay. Bochum. All right. Got family in, in <laughs> even though they're in the, the German second division. But okay. Good example. Let's say Bochum got to the to a European final against Lazio. I'd probably support Bochum because I've got family that, that live in that town. Fair enough. Good example. I don't know. <laughs> if it was someone like Paris Saint-Germain or... Uh, you know. Manchester United. Uh, English clubs. Let's, let's not go there. I don't know. If it's, if it's going to be good for Italian football to, to, to win, yeah, I'd probably support Lazio. But nothing, nothing that Inter does is good for Italian football in my mind. That's it. All right. It's time. Finish on an uh, exciting note like that. All right, mate. Have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Speak to you soon. It's been interesting. Ciao. No worries. Ciao. Most of us think compulsively all the time. That is to say, we talk to ourselves. I remember when I was a boy, we had a common saying, talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. Now, obviously, if I talk all the time, I don't hear what anyone else has to say. And so in exactly the same way, if I think all the time, that is to say, if I talk to myself all the time, I don't have anything to think about except thoughts. And therefore I'm living entirely in the world of symbols and I'm never in relationship with reality. All right, now that's the first basic reason for meditation. But there is another sense, and this is going to be a little bit more difficult to understand, why we could say that meditation doesn't have a reason or doesn't have a purpose. And in this respect, it's unlike almost all other things that we do, except perhaps making music and dancing. Because when we make music, we don't do it in order to reach a certain point, such as the end of the composition. If that were the purpose of music, to get to the end of the piece, then obviously the fastest players would be the best. And so likewise, when we are dancing, we are not aiming to arrive at a particular place on the floor, as we would be if we were taking a journey. When we dance, the journey itself is the point. When we play music, the playing itself is the point. And exactly the same thing is true in meditation. Meditation is the discovery that the point of life is always arrived at in the immediate moment. And therefore, if you meditate for an ulterior motive, that is to say, to improve your mind, to improve your character, to be more efficient in life, you've got your eye on the future and you are not meditating. Because the future is a concept. It doesn't exist. As the proverb says, tomorrow never comes. There is no such thing as tomorrow. There never will be. Because time is always now. And that's one of the things we discover when we stop talking to ourselves and stop thinking. We find there is only a present, only an eternal now. It's funny then, isn't it, that one meditates for no reason at all. 
except we could say for the enjoyment of it. And here I would interpose the essential principle that meditation is supposed to be fun. It's not something you do as a grim duty. The trouble with religion as we know it is that it is so mixed up with grim duties. We do it because it's good for you. It's a kind of self-punishment. Well, meditation, when correctly done, has nothing to do with all that. It's a kind of digging the present. It's a kind of grooving with the eternal now and brings us into a state of peace where we can understand that the point of life, the place where it's at, is simply here and now.